the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, uh, we will uh, get a chance in a few moments. We'll talk with John Schlafly and then Todd Benzman today, both of whom are on fire with the question of what's happening at our borders. John Schlafly and his brother Andy have a column that was uh, that is up from uh, a few days ago about who will secure the border. And Todd Benzman is, of course, reporting from the border on what's happening. So we'll talk with both of them. And actually, um, you know, I did a, I did an interview earlier today um, with Armstrong Williams. Armstrong Williams uh, is the host of a nationally syndicated uh, television show. It, it's uh, nationally syndicated on Sinclair TV on Saturdays. I think it runs on Saturdays all different kinds of times uh, during the day. And then he also does a, uh, a show locally in the Washington, D.C. area, um, which I appear on. But in addition, he recently has been taking to Facebook at 8 a.m. East Coast in the morning and having a freewheeling, com- freewheeling conversation. And one of the things that's kind of fun uh, and interesting is he reads the comments of the listeners, uh, viewers of his Facebook, uh, pro- uh, pro- uh, Facebook uh, page. And that's always interesting. And today I was doing a segment and we were talking about what uh, the topic of the wink, what you need to know uh, in just a moment. I'll get to it. But one of the commenters uh, said, why are you wasting all my time talking about that story? Uh, the January 6th Select Committee and their quote unquote referral uh, for criminal charges uh, of President Trump. And this viewer said, why are you wasting my time? when the border is so wide open and we went into a freewheeling discussion there. So uh, kind of interesting that Armstrong, one of us, at least one of his viewers knows the real story, but that's not what you need to know today. And don't forget, please visit proamericareport.com. Uh, my website there, you can sign up for the daily wink, the email that goes out every morning, 8 a.m. East coast, uh, 5 a.m. Pacific time. And uh, also um, there you can check in on all the different uh, writings of John Schlafly and myself and others, uh, proamericareport.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at, at Eagle Ed Martin, uh, very active. Uh, what you need to know today is about what the January 6th Select Committee has done in terms of their quote-unquote referral uh, for criminal prosecution of President Donald Trump. And more importantly, what you've heard me say oh, dozens of times, hundreds of times, what the narrative machine is doing to America. Because it's at the end period now of about 18 months. It's probably more like 15 months, but I guess they say 18 months because of the if you actually look at the calendar. But over almost a year and a half, somewhere between a year and a year and a half, the select committee, the January 6th select committee of the U.S. House has gathered and has basically tried to brainwash the American people. And as they announced in the last 48 hours, their final report, they talked about all kinds of things about Trump and when Trump warned people to be peaceful. Did he do it quickly enough? 
Was he in denial about losing? Did he think his legacy was lost if he lost? All this kind of mind-reading, double-talk, uh, looking at Trump. And a lot of times it's putting 20-something aides, Hope Hicks, uh, was that woman's name Cassidy somebody or Cassandra somebody, on the stand and, and selectively editing what they said to make it seem like, I don't know, they were witnessing something important. You, you never saw Ivanka Trump's statements. You never saw Melania Trump. You never saw uh, anyone with any real clout in the guy's life uh, being quoted. And more importantly, you're debating, I don't know, what whether he reacted fast enough. Is that the question? Anyway, the, the, the story, it's silly. But here's the reality. The select committee, after all these months, a year and a half or so, has been effective at brainwashing a lot of Americans. They are talking about Donald Trump not stopping an insurrection. When, in fact, what they should be talking about is why didn't the Capitol Police have a plan for a big crowd? Why don't we know who planted the pipe bombs at the RNC and the DNC on January 5th, about 12 hours before uh, the Capitol riot began? Why aren't we talking about all those kinds of things? Instead, we're talking about what Trump knew and when he knew it. The obsession with Trump is it's silly. It's insane, except The narrative machine, big tech, big media and big government has been effective at convincing people that's what they should worry about. That's the reality. I mean, you know, a a criminal referral from the U.S. Congress is nothing that a, a criminal referral from Ed Martin is the same as from Congress. There's no such thing. If it's, if it's true that uh, Congress found something, if there's a smoking gun, so to speak, then that's important. Turn that over to somebody. But the idea that the Congress, which at this point has shown themselves, this select committee, as being completely, completely a, a show trial, a, a fraud. If they think they can say, oh, we have a criminal referral and it means anything, they're crazy, except the narrative machine says they can. And so across the country, there's people that are saying to each other, oh, wow, after all that hard work, uh, they found uh, it was time to refer a, a, a criminal referral to the Department of Justice. Isn't that that's serious? It's made up. It's made up. It's fake. It's fake believe. I mean, it's totally, totally made up. And yet it has an impact. And similarly, in the in the hours after that, it was announced that the the, the uh, chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, the committee that is in charge of tax writing and revenue, which is at the heart of the constitutional power of the U.S. House of Representatives, their one power above anybody else is to originate the budget. That man or woman, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, is one of the most powerful people in, in American government. And they are going to release Donald Trump's taxes. Why? Not because they found anything in there. If they found something in there, you would have heard that there was a what? Criminal investigation. You would have heard that there was something there and there's nothing. Otherwise, they would have leaked it. So what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to go ahead and they're going to release the tax returns. Why? For the same reason that the January 6th Select Committee spoke truth at one point in their release. I guess it was on Monday afternoon. One of the members of the committee, I don't think it was Liz Cheney, but it could have been. They said our whole goal here is to make sure that that man, Donald Trump, never gets to run for president, never gets to hold office. 
It's a political hit job. It's a political hit job designed to stop Trump, designed to make Trump not viable, designed to make it so Trump cannot be a candidate for president and succeed. This is banana republic stuff, folks. This is not just silly. This is deeply, deeply damaging for our republic. We should be absolutely mortified that this is what's going on. And we should be clear-eyed at the power of the narrative machine to do this because it's working. All right, that's what you need to know. Let's get back. Let's come back and talk with uh, John Schlafly and uh, Todd Bensman about what's going on at the border. That's really uh, what should be the topic of our discussion uh, if we're being serious. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's been a long time, too long, a couple of weeks since we talked with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, writes a weekly column with his brother, Andy, the Schlafly Report, which posts over at townhall.com and is also available in archive with all of his columns at uh, phyllisschlafly.com. You can also read Phyllis Schlafly herself for decades and decades, did her own column. And uh, there's a lot of there there. You can do search for uh, different topics and see what's going on. So welcome back, John. How are you? Uh, good, Ed. Good to be with you. So my first question is, you write in these columns, and we're going to get to this week's column, which is a very um, timely. It's called, Who Will Close the Border? Uh, and actually, it's a few days ago. I should say it's last week. We I missed it. I want to come back around because I'm going to speak with uh, Todd Bensman, our old friend from the Center, Center for Immigration Studies. So I want to come around. But, uh, John, in the holiday season, uh, you know, serious question. It's kind of hard to cut through, right? I mean, most people are are sort of they're they're not they're not they're watching football or they're they're worrying about something or other. It's it's kind of hard to cut through. And in this context, meaning the border, there might not be more action in one place than ever. The border, what's happening, right? Well, that's right, Ed. And the the you know the the numbers are simply unbelievable. They're certainly unprecedented. And while we were completely up to date. When we wrote the column a couple of days ago, but they're only getting bigger every day. And it's just unbelievable. But, of course, the mainstream media is not covering it. And so just uh, on the, uh, the Sunday shows, two moderate Democrats who claim to be moderates, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and uh, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, both of whom are up for re-election in just the next election, two years, both said, oh, you know, I, the 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 you know people don't care about it. It's not an issue. Mayorkas is doing a fine job. All we need is some you know some little, little tweaking of immigration reform, and everything is fine. You know, and be, they're just not getting what an incredibly a serious, unprecedented threat to our nation is unfolding. Uh, along the southern border. But then, Ed, you know, the people who cross the border, they don't stay there. They fan out across the entire country. And we're talking about millions of people. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly and his column I mentioned ran a few days ago, Who Will Close the Border? Um, opening sentence, more than one, more than 1,000 illegal migrants openly walked across the Rio Grande into El Paso, Texas, a couple Sundays ago, uh, capping a record-breaking three-day weekend in which twenty, nearly 2,500 illegal migrants were processed there by federal agencies. That, by the way, the um, uh, Todd Bensman, our friend, will always say, those are the ones they processed, the gotaways, they call them, the gotaways, the ones that didn't get processed, 
that there, there's got to be at least generally at least as many as are, are processed and, and probably arguably many more. Um, John, what's the answer? You know, I mean, I remember uh, with a smile, your, your late mother, Phyllis Schlafly, she used to write books and, and describe the problem. And then she'd say, well, yeah, then you got to get to the end and you got to solve it. Who, who will close the border? I mean, at this point, it, there's not a riotous cry from anyone. I mean, I know that Governor Abbott of Texas tried to do some things. I know that Governor DeSantis, uh, I don't know, flew some to Martha's Vineyard, but it doesn't look like there's anybody seriously addressing this. Who will actually close well, the border? You're exactly right. And uh, Governor Abbott, you, as you say, he did something, but it was not enough. It is not enough. He's got to really step up the pace. Go- Governor DeSantis, likewise, sending 50 Migrants to Martha's Vineyard was a stunt. We all got a good laugh out of that, but that's, you know, that's nothing really. Is and there, uh, is we have the, a Republican it, it, Congress. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that the path forward, John? I mean, is there is the path forward a, a narrow Republican Congress um, who can do it? I mean, you refer in your column um, the uh, Title 42 uh, expulsion policy has been ordered to be uh, to be um, to be allowed to lapse. Um, and, and so that's going to happen. I don't know, a day or two from now, the 21st of December, it, you know, again, who's going to do this? I mean, it, do you think the Republicans that are taking over the House have the stomach to do it? Or, I mean, it doesn't look like, uh, look, Fox News is covering it. I guess I have to be fair a little bit. I don't want to go too far too fast. Um, the, 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 you know, the reporter uh, that they keep sending out, um, what's his name? Bill uh, um, uh, Malugin. Malugin, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it doesn't seem like it's developing much a constituency to say, either with politicians or with the people. No, it doesn't. And, you know, the Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be speaker, I mean, his top priority, as he says, as he keeps keep saying, is to defund the 87,000 IRS reporters, which is OK. But no, we this is a bigger issue. And uh, if if the two houses put through an omnibus spending bill that will take us all the way to next September 30th, that means the. The Congress we just elected will be half over before they ever have an opportunity to vote on anything. I mean, that's just outrageous. And uh, that's uh, that, John. I mean, what, would the, what John? What could what could a scenario be? Let's let's pre- let's pretend that you're the governor of Texas or you're you're the speaker of the House. Um, I mean, what what could somebody do? I mean, honestly, um, remind me who who was the Massachusetts governor that stood up to the unions and ended up being president? Right? I mean, who was that? I uh, I mean, the, the, you know, there's a moment here where somebody could could become uh, famous if they wanted to stand up to the uh, to what's happening. But what would it look like? Is it is it, you know, put the national, put the army, uh, the state guard at the border in Texas? Well, look how much publicity DeSantis got for his stunt of, you know, flying 50. You know, if you if you just, you know, magnify and, you know, scale it up, scale it up, right. it might have an effect because, you know, <clears throat> the Abbott has sent, you know, a couple of thousand to New York City and the mayor of New York is, you know, he's he's complaining about it. And uh, but, you know, we're talking about numbers that are 10 and times, 100 times that many. Right. So we've got to be some imagination. And in the meantime, there are some federal courts. You mentioned one federal judge which who ordered the de- end of Title 42. But there's another federal judge who said the government is forbidden to end Title 42. So we've got dueling judges that 
and that are both on appeal to higher courts. And there could be a confrontation between uh, two of our federal circuits. Uh, now we'll take, but we'll take some judges, right? Right. right. Stick well, I mean, by yeah, I their mean, policies. I, mean, but, I know, but this is that we're back to judges. I mean, we saw this in the 2020 election. After the election, there's lots wrong, and we're just told oh, the judges don't want to look at it. Uh, John, here's what I was thinking about: Calvin Coolidge, old silent cow, um, was the Republican governor of Massachusetts, uh, and there was a big strike and the Boston police strike. He he broke it. He basically rode that. Scott Walker, the governor of uh, Wisconsin for a period of time was the, I don't know, the odds on favorite. In fact, I can remember your mother, the late Phyllis Schlafly, in the summer of 2015, as Donald Trump rode down the escalator, you know, the early candidate who had been tested and stood up to the unions, which is takes some courage in this era. Uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the Republicans don't want to get in the way of, you know, whatever. So here we are. And and those two, I mean, I guess Walker didn't get very far in his presidential. That's a different conversation. But, uh, you know, could we envision a governor who says, you know what, you've shipped into my state forget i don't think the border guys will do it i think florida and texas they figured out how as much as they can do they're not going to do any more but maybe there's a you know a governor in a state like i don't know tennessee or missouri who says you know what i refuse to accept this here's what we're going to do and forces a crisis that makes it uh, addressed but right now it's you and i talking about what we see as a crisis and and todd bensman racing around the border to report on it but nobody else is thinking i mean nobody's talking about it yeah well, that's right, Ed. And uh, uh, honestly, yeah, it will take some imagination and and some moxie. And I don't know if we have a governor, honestly, who is willing to go out on a limb. Uh, you know, maybe it'll be someone you know who's not in the public conversation and would like to become. Uh, you know, you know, it's easy. It might be easy for a governor of some state who's not nationally known who might uh, want to get as much publicity as Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis have been getting recently. So well, and it could be it could be a Kate Steinle kind of situation where something catches the imagination of the public. But but, you know, the the, the the reality right now is, as you point out, we've got talk of defunding the IRS. We've got talk of Hunter Biden's laptop. And and candidly, both of those are sort of whistling past the graveyard. If you're adding millions and millions of illegal immigrants, illegal migrants, illegal aliens, and you'll never you can never put that back. I mean, you can never figure out how to to manage that and and Americans are really bad at uh, at having the conversation about deportation or self deportation or anything we get everybody gets skittish and and again John I'll just pause it and no one is saying this the same group of people and media entities that are aligned to not cover the crisis at the border, which includes all of the regular ones, CNN, MSNBC, all the all the main ones. But then in this case, you got Rupert Murdoch, who's got Wall Street Journal. He's got the New York Post and he's got uh, Fox News and they're not covering this as a crisis. And so we have and, and those are the same groups, all those ones I just described that have bailed on Trump. And uh, uh, my point is, uh, if the guys like DeSantis or Abbott or others think they're going to run for president and, and, and do something effective by kowtowing to that group, it, it, it never we never win. We, we never win. Um, you're right, Ed, that, uh, uh, you know, some some incident and there's likely to be one with uh, so many people. Uh, you met. You referred to Kate Steinle and uh, 
um, I'd expect something like that. And I, uh, of course, the the killer in boy in Idaho has not yet been uh, identified or arrested. You know, because that since that murder has attracted a great deal of attention. You know, something like that might come out of the blue. But really, Ed, I think the the base of conservative Republicans are some have been somewhat demoralized by the results of the election. We're uh, we are demoralized by our bad leadership in both houses of Congress and in the Republican Party. Somebody's head has got to roll, and I don't know if it's going to be Ronna McDaniel, but you know we just can't tolerate the lack of attention to what the people at and the grassroots and in the states really care about. And well, we've been, uh, this yeah. year, before this year is out, Ed, we've got to see some decisive action by some of the somebody that we've elected. I don't know who it's going to be, but um, I welcome your your. You know, we need to try two or three or four and see where the weak spot is and break through the line somehow. There's like a line. And, you know, in the military, you know, there's a line, but there's a weak spot. We need to find that weak spot and just bust through it. Well, between I mean, the now thing, and the, the end the, of the, the year. The, the, thing, the, thing, the thing that is true is that the people are, are still uh, unhappy and still uh, and still um, ready to move. I mean, you, you know, when Donald Trump puts up an NFT, I mean, I, I bet you could go and ask a, a hundred Trump supporters and 75 would not know what an NFT stands for. I read about it and I write about it. I don't even know what it stands for currently. So and he sells them. What does he sell? Uh, uh, Forty four point five million dollars uh, worth of those things in an instant. Meaning, I don't care what you think of it. If you, I don't care if somebody says, oh, he can't win for president. My point is, there's energy behind leaders who will stand up and do something. That's just the facts. The question is, is anybody going to stand up? And again, I'll just say it again. I care about the Hunter Biden laptop in the sense that I believe it will show two things are true. One is that the intelligence community is corrupt and in cahoots with the social media and media giants. I think that's one thing that's going to be shown and has been shown and is being shown. And two, it will show that if you're a product of the swamp, like Joe Biden, you will be swamped up. Whether that means that he's actually broken the law or just small c corrupt that will be shown i think both of those are true but to be honest both of those exist and 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 everyone that's agitated by that are agitated the question is are we going to agitate in a direction that actually changes what's going on and the tea party was beaten by being agitated and then stalled out and right now we're being invaded the country is being invaded by by a people and we're we're not even you know there's not even a peep i mean we're just we're still buying christmas trees yeah well no uh, <laughs> I'm just ranting, I guess, John. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> you, you, you've laid out the issue, Ed, but where's the path? <laughs> where's you know, the beat? That's what, Where, where's the that's beat? what your listeners need, a path to proceed. Yeah, and, well, uh, we need a couple of leaders. You know, we need a couple of leaders. I, you know, I, I want to, where's um? How about um? How about Yunkin? They want Governor Yunkin in the Commonwealth of Virginia. He's supposed to be so good. He's got illegal a- a- aliens, illegal migrants, illegal gangs. He's got gangs. MS thirteen, largest MS thirteen population outside of uh, of uh, Latin America is in Virginia. But is he doing it? No, we're talking about no. um, how we can make the business climate more friendly and uh, and it'll work out for everybody. I mean, I, yeah. you know, so so where and he thinks. 
going to run for president on that? Yeah, Yunkin has been quiet. I mean, yeah. Um, all right. Okay, John. Sorry. I mean, I'm in a grumpy mood. We haven't talked in a while. So, uh, <laughs> who will close the border is the column from John and Andy Schlafly. Go to phyllisschlafly.com. They're all archived there. Uh, John, we'll talk again soon. We're going to work and we'll, we'll be waiting on a column for this week. So, we'll catch up on that. Uh, thank you, as always. And we'll talk uh, very soon. Thanks, John. Okay, Ed. Good. All right. Uh, we'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. I'm sorry about that. Kind of ranting on John. You got to get a call back and apologize to him. And we'll, we'll talk to him in a few days again. We'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Time to tech check in with Todd Benzman, our old friend, the senior national security fellow over at the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. Um, in fact, I, I want to be honest with you, Todd. I don't want you to think that I would ever be uh, hiding this from you. I was over on CIS.org reading s- some of the other people that write there, not just you. So I just want you to know that. And uh, Todd Benzman <laughs> is well known for his uh, works uh, post over there, but he's got two books, America's Covert Board. Border war, as well as overrun how Joe Biden unleashed the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. Uh, Todd, I just was mentioning you off a line. I, I had a long conversation. John Schlafly's column uh, from late last week is on the question of who will fix the border? Who will fix the border? We've got it now. We've established it. And we ranted and raved at each other. And I, I don't know if I believe anyone can do it. And I, I tell you this. I know we got to get into some of what you're seeing and some of what your reporting has shown and will be showing. But, you know, it's it's nice that uh, Governor Abbott has done a couple things. It's it's cool that Governor DeSantis has, you know, made the point of Martha's Vineyard. But, you know, we kind of need a Calvin Coolidge at this point, somebody who maybe isn't known for leading, who's going to seize the opportunity like Calvin Coolidge did as governor of Massachusetts. In uh, 1919, the, the police strike, he showed he was in charge. He, he recognized the problem and the country rewarded him by making him president. I mean, at this point. I, you know, the issue, it's, it's out of control. Uh, the border's out of control, but uh, media's not covering it and the public isn't getting it. And I don't know if we can get a leader who will seize this moment. Yeah, my feeling about that is that we're just, we just have to um, kind of put our heads between our knees and just ride this out for two, two more years. Yeah. It's just the way it is uh, because this is a federal matter. It's a federal power it's a federal authority uh and the biden administration has already signaled that because it was not hurt badly in the midterms over the border that they're just going to keep on keeping on uh everything that they've done to prepare for this uh additional uh you know to taking it to the other level mass migration just indicates that we're just in for you know millions of people crossing the border for the next two years so so really this is about a uh, president in 2024 takes office in january 2025 that might do something about it well and the question is might do something or might get stymied by the courts or stymied by the you know the uh, congress uh, you know or stymied by somebody else i mean that's uh, as you point out i agree with you we're, we're talking with todd benzman by the way his website toddbenzman.com is really good and helpful too toddbenzman.com um todd we were talking again off the air before getting ready for this interview uh you were just over i think you appeared recently on neil cavuto's show i mean people are listening to you as what's going on so i should 
shouldn't be too dismissive. But but as to the crisis nature of it, it feels like everyone's saying, yeah, this is really bad. It's not going well. I mean, it, it's it, the, the, the problem with this crisis. And tell me what you know, is once you have the people, the migrants, the illegals come across the border, they disperse. We have shown no will as a nation to deport people from, you know, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul to uh, back to where they came from. Sort of like once you get out from maybe 100 miles from the border, people say, well, that's kind of mean to do. And here we are. So we're not talking about just a a, a transition. We're talking about a transformation. And and I again. Yes. We, so what but me mentioned off here, what are you what are you hearing about what's going on? You've you told me you got some reporting that's well, coming in the next couple of days. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you're right. It's this is permanent. The likelihood of uh, tracking down and removing all the removable people two, three, four years from now that came in at this point is very unlikely because such a huge proportion of them are family units. Right. And we we just don't do that on uh, television with the cameras rolling you know, pulling kids out of school and separating parents and doing all that, they're just in. And I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. We don't do that. So, um, but uh, what we were talking about just before I got on was just, you know, that I've been studying for the last several days Mexican media about who's coming and what's going on down there. And also other Spanish language media all the way into South America about what's happening in there is very interesting. We, it looks, uh, it looks like there are about 35,000 migrants that have filled the shelter system all along the U S border uh, on the Mexican side. Right. Uh, And that's just the 35,000 they're coming in for, the end of title 42 in a few days that we know about. Uh, there's also lots of reporting about uh, thousands and thousands more who are staying in hotels and in makeshift camps and who are walking uh, and traveling on trains and walking on highways, all uh, coming to take advantage of, to, to, to clear asylum is what the whole, that's the whole crux of this is title 42 uh, block them from the asylum system, and now everybody will have access to it. And that's really the big problem is uh, the asylum system. So it does look like there will be really large numbers of immigrants that will just come across on the 21st, start coming across. We should be able to see that. It's really cold down there. It's going to be incredibly cold over the next few days. Uh-huh. So, it, but but I mean, look for you know huge numbers over the next several months. Uh, it looks like massive numbers are coming through the Darien Gap, the biggest record-breaking year ever for the Darien Gap. That's the jungle passage between uh, Colombia and Panama for the whole world. <laughs> 240,000 people. <clears throat> the most we ever had before this crisis was like 10,000 or something. I mean, this is just thousands and thousands of percentage points higher than anything that anybody's ever seen. And those people are coming uh, through a quicker, faster passageway that Mayorkas created with the Panamanians with deals uh, that I've already written about, written about this several times. 
uh, I think I'm still the only one who has written about these fast passages through the Darien and then through southern Mexico. Those are still in place. They're moving fast through there. And uh, so the, the, those are that's that's how you can predict what's what's coming. So, right. So 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 Todd Bensman's our guest, toddbensman.com and also CIS.org, his Center for Immigration Studies, where he's a senior national security fellow. His newest book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed uh, the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History from Post Hill Press. Um, Todd, uh, the the conversation that we were having, I guess you're going to tell me because you started off. You did sort of answer it. But John Schlafly and I were saying who can fix this or no, who can stop this? Do you have any is there any way that you could see the U.S. Congress uh, doing it? Is there a way that you could see I, I, God knows we shouldn't root for it at all. But the Kate Steinle murder captured the attention of people in a way that sort of galvanized, you know, and then Trump seized on it. Right. Trump seized on it to make it an issue. Is there something like that you see that could change the dynamic? Because right now the dynamic is the, the Biden administration seems to think they got away with it politically. And everybody else is just kind of, well, maybe someday we'll get a different president. And I don't know. I mean, I, is there anything that could change? I mean, a terror attack from over the border would kind of draw attention uh, to to the national security problem with this. But I, I just don't I don't see it. Uh, I, I just don't see it. And part of the reason one of the reasons is that is that it's very complicated what is causing this and easy to smudge and smear around where you nobody can really kind of ever get a fix on the real cause of it. And that's part of the problem is that, you know, if you talk to Democrats, it's like, oh, well, you know, the whole world is, is in flux. You know, everybody's my there's a lot of migration going on and that's what it is. Or, you know, you know, something that happened to a hurricane or whatever, and nobody gets that this is happening because they're being let in. Right. Everybody's being let in. They're not being detained and deported, not even from the interior. So then you have the administration saying we're cracking down and putting everybody, making everybody subject to removal. But when they say that, it's meaningless. Nobody can understand why it's meaningless, but it is. And that's part of the problem is just nobody knows what's really happening. That's that's really the, the, the root of it, in my opinion. Hey, we're talking with Todd Benzman. Todd, is there one uh, state other than Texas and um, Florida that has that is disparate? Maybe. So let's let's put aside California, Florida and Texas or maybe put aside all border states. Is there a state that's not a border state that is disproportionately affected by what's going on where you could see someone caring to say, hey, we got to do something about it? I mean, we're seeing we just saw the city of Denver declare a state of emergency. <laughs> I mean, that's Denver is just far away from the southern border. Right. And they're declaring a state of emergency. The city of New York is requesting a billion dollar federal bailout. The city of D.C., as far away as you can get, is demanding a bailout. And you're going to start to see that list of cities declaring emergencies and asking for federal bailouts lengthen in the very near future. It's just going to be tallying new cities uh, across the country because, you know, that's where everybody's going. Nobody's staying on the border. They're heading to the interior. So, I, I mean, it's going to become 
like in your face obvious all across the country what's happening but i don't know if if you know there's enough yeah enough oomph there for anybody to do anything about it well they're kind of like oh well we're america we're a nation of immigrants you know and leave it at that all right. Well, unfortunately, I got to leave it at that. I'm out of time. Todd Bensman, again, it's toddbensman.com, his book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. US history. We were joking off the air that I was, after talking to John Stott, that I was uh, down in the dumps. I'm not sure you lifted my spirits yet, Todd, but uh, we've got yeah, to figure, <laughs> figure out that uh, we, it, it'll, it'll uh, hopefully something will come uh, of it and we'll see. So thank you very much, uh, Todd Bensman. Uh, we'll talk again very soon. Uh, we have to run, everybody. Be right back. I'm out of time. We'll t- take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The Christmas season is a favorite time of year for advocates of illegal immigration. Not necessarily because they enjoy celebrating the birth of the Savior, but because they enjoy using the nativity as a tool to propagandize for their cause. One United Methodist Church made global headlines several years back by portraying the infant Messiah as being trapped in a cage to protest the detention of illegal immigrants claiming asylum in the United States. These sorts of stunts haven't been as popular over the last few years, probably because the same detention facilities are under the direction of Democrats rather than Republicans. The claim that Jesus was a refugee too has no bearing in historical fact. While it is true that Mary and Joseph fled from Judea to Egypt to escape the evil hand of King Herod, their action does not match the commonly accepted definition of an asylum seeker, which necessitates that the seeker travel from a persecuted nation to another nation in pursuit of safety. During Christ's lifetime, both Egypt and Judea were part of a single nation, the Roman Empire. Therefore, Jesus was not a refugee. Even if Jesus was not technically an asylum seeker, it's still correct to say that Jesus' message was one of compassion. Yet America is already the most compassionate nation in the world. Even if you don't count the grotesque amount of money we spend on foreign aid, we still contribute more to charitable giving than anyone else in the world. One study estimated that United States citizens give 1.44% of our annual national GDP in contributions to nonprofits. By comparison, the next most generous nation is New Zealand, which donates 0.79% of their GDP. The idea that America should open up our southern border, lest we be too stingy, is totally ridiculous. This Christmas season, don't be afraid to give generously. That's an important part of what makes America exceptional. However, don't be bullied into believing that those who support secure borders are Scrooges. Strong borders make for strong nations, and only a strong America can be a blessing to other nations in need. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the latest on building the wall to protect our southern border? To the liberal media, it's a joke, but the crisis of illegal aliens is no laughing matter. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're asking serious questions regarding what to build, who's paying for it, and how best to deploy our military. Go to phyllisschlafly.com and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Well, 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, we just got a minute and a half or so. Let me finish up by uh, pointing out um, sometimes the left and the right or maybe the misguided left and the misguided right, meaning some liberals uh, and some conservatives that are misguided, uh, come together and agree. Um, there is a an essay that uh, was published uh, in the last uh, 48 hours, maybe a little bit longer, over at the New Republic. The New Republic is, of course, a left-wing website, uh, famously so. And they're basically saying, oh, my gosh, the thing that we're missing in this country is it's we should have a constitution that's more easily amended so that we can gut it because we sure don't like the things in it. Things like, I don't know, you know, free speech, uh, the Second Amendment, uh, some of the uh, distribution of power within the uh, structure, all those things. And so this is a far left uh, left winger at the New Republic complaining about the fact that the Constitution should be amended. And boy, I wish we could do it more easily. Well, there's some misguided people on the conservative side of things, too, that think it's time to do invoke the Article 5 provision of the Constitution and convene a constitutional convention. And they say, yeah, 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 we can do a constitutional convention and we can finally clean things up. We'll, we'll have a balanced budget amendment. We'll uh, we'll do put some term limits in as an amendment, except except look around who would be. Who would be the participants in a constitutional convention from California? It would be Nancy Pelosi from New York. It would be, I don't know, uh, uh, um, uh, Chuck Schumer and his gang from Massachusetts. It would be uh, the, the, the very liberal uh, Elizabeth Warren. Right. If you're from a left wing state, you'd get left wingers. And then the media talk about the power of big tech and big media to swing things, it would be a disaster. So sometimes the left and the right get together on something that's a bad idea, and this is a good example. So, all right, we got to run. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.